Hi everyone, I'm Sarah and welcome to School of Hustle. This episode is all about autism. Today we're going to be speaking with Jessica Margulies about the Spectrum Bow, a physical fitness program designed for those on the autism spectrum. We'll be speaking to founder Jessica about why she started it, how she did it, and what her vision is. We'll also be speaking to Sean Powell, doctor of psychology, who works with those with autism. We'll also be speaking with Allison Woods, who has autism herself, to get her take on what it is like to have autism and how the Spectrum Bow would be beneficial. So let's begin this episode of School of Hustle. Jessica, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to learn about how you started this. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Could you explain a little bit about what the Spectrum Bout is? Yeah, the Spectrum Bout is a um, non-contact physical fitness program for children with special needs, predominantly children with autism. It's a program that focuses on boxing as a way to facilitate following directions, communication, you go, I go, um, socialization, and most importantly, it's a program to foster a sense of confidence in a population that tends to be on the lower level of um, the confidence scale. Mm -hmm. Dr. Powell, what parts of boxing particularly do you think is beneficial for autism? Certainly just the movement itself is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Also interacting with the coach, also interacting with others who are also going through the same program. All those things are going to be very beneficial. Allison, as someone with autism, what are your thoughts on this? For everybody, being social and talking and just being with another human being is very natural to people, Mm -hmm. where for me, it is incredibly difficult. I'm great at learning things. Uh, I'm great at learning information that's presented in a logical way, step by step, but One of the biggest issues is applying that for myself. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Powell? Um, There are lots of different programs out there that really help people on the autism spectrum with their ability to communicate because it is a disorder of communication, Uh, help them with their ability to move, and I think help them develop what we call a theory of mind. That's understand what another person is thinking. Right. So Jessica, let's go a little bit back in time here. I kind of know how you started this, but if you could just talk about how you founded the Spectrum Bow, what was your idea behind it? Being a special ed teacher and also being um, a fitness instructor, there wasn't a lot of opportunities. I sought out for children with autism to be active, um, to be engaged in any sort of community. I started boxing to alleviate stress. And when I started boxing, the way that I felt was unlike any other way that I felt before trying any other fitness. Um, I felt confident. I felt like I could take on whatever came my way. And working with children with special needs, I know how frustrating it is for them to find this feeling. Um, A lot of the times they feel outcasted or just frustrated with not being able to fit in. And I thought to myself, wow, this would be such a great feeling for my kids with autism to feel. And I decided to put the two together yeah. And started the Spectrum Bout um, using a boxing therapy in order to elicit all those things that I wanted to get from my students, such as communication, mainly confidence building, and um, all that socialization. And I use the sport of boxing to do that. 
I think it's so cool that the whole reason your business was started was because you wanted to find a way to release your own stress. And that tells a lot about kind of the story because uh, before you started the Spectrum Bout, you were working with autistic kids and you started using boxing as an outlet for your own stress. So what was the process of actually coming up with that idea and getting your first uh, student? Some people may have had questions about, is it really a good idea to put an autistic kid in boxing? Yeah, that was definitely a huge hurdle. Um, <laughs> every parent that I had brought that up to, um, especially working with disabled children like I do, um, and, and you know what, I hate using that word, mm -hmm. and a lot of the times we see a lot of aggression from students like that. Our society doesn't allow for them to express themselves the way that they are able to. And so it's an adjustment. And um, yeah, it's very frustrating for these students to not be able to communicate with us or process their thoughts. And so a lot of times we see aggression. And just like you said, first question on parents' mind is, why would I teach my already aggressive child how to box. Um, <laughs> but they're not always aggressive because it is a spectrum. But you, but for those that maybe are on the more aggressive side, how do you get over that hurdle? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely, and even for children who are, like you said, are not aggressive because they're not all aggressive. Boxing has such a negative connotation for any child. And so it's actually the opposite. Um, we think aggression and fighting, but it's actually a sense of control and it's um, a form of a dance almost. Mm. And so for those aggressive students, we kind of use the program in order to teach them, okay, just like you and I, when we need to get out frustration, we know that we hold it and we don't act upon it on someone, whether we want to or not. Um, and so it's kind of a form of we teach them, okay, this is where you alleviate your aggression um, from the day and you only hit a bag or pads when your gloves are on. And it gives them that sense of calm. Allison, what is it about boxing for you? Boxing would be really important to kind of give autistic people another resource to put their anger frustration out. So I think once you show a person boxing, if they have an interest in it, they'll focus on that. I have a sister that has a, a disorder, so I understand what it's like um, to deal with that. Do you think that they remember that throughout the day and when they're having these trouble, this trouble communicating or maybe someone's not understanding or maybe even some people on the autistic uh, spectrum don't even seem autistic, but they are? Do they go back to that thought in their mind where, okay, I have my lesson today, I'm going to hold this in so that I can actually take it out there. Have you had any kids talk about that or in their own way, of course? Um, I've had multiple situations. Being a teacher of children with special needs and working predominantly with children with autism, you know, a lot of the times the strategy that we use is something called a social story or a script mm -hmm. to teach kids how to get through certain parts of their day, for instance, like, when I want to engage with a teacher, I can raise my hand or tap them on the shoulder. And a lot of the times our students will repeat that all throughout the day. And that's how they remember these situations. Now with boxing, they kind of learned like, oh, this felt really good. And I reinforce in my class, like, this is where we get out our aggression and you're doing such a good job. And I've had parents tell me that one student was getting bullied of a verbal student and he was aggressive before he started. Um, and a child was 
bullying him and he said he before he would be aggressive towards that student and with boxing he actually walked up to the student calmly and said I'm not sure why you're saying what you're saying but I'm not afraid Wow. And walked away and boxing gave him that confidence to know that he's strong enough. Yeah. He needs to control it and he can control it and not engage in that aggression. That's so inspiring. And are those the case studies that you use when you do have parents or maybe they're um, not necessarily parents, but family members or friends that bring uh, the autistic kids or it's not just kids, right? You have all different age groups. Yes. That's great, by the way, because that's one of the issues I've noticed in the special needs community is there's a lot of uh, resources for kids. And then it's hard once they get older, you kind of lose your ability to have these great resources like summer camps. Once my sister was over 18, it was so hard to find activities. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I mean, once they hit 18, um, they graduate from school. Then have an IEP, which is not recognized by college. Um, and so a lot of these students have nowhere to go after that mm-hmm. unless they applied for OPWDD, um, which is a funding program in order to pay for it once they're an adult. Dr. Powell, I learned that there's a lot of issues with adults that have autism not having the resources or the opportunity. Right. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I think a lot of the the state and federal programs are aimed really at children. And once people are in that adult camp, you know, the funding for that disorder goes down. Right. Allison? Specifically for adults or kids who are coming out of the school system, we're dropped a lot. The day we graduate, what now? We don't have those systems that schools do, and a lot of us, because of it, are unemployed. One of the things with BALT that we wanted to do was not only give a therapy program for children and adults on the spectrum, but also give back to the community and give them more opportunity. And we just had our first graduate of our program. Wow. He's my pride and joy. Is this Joshua by chance? Yeah. I knew it. Joshua was featured on your Today's Show feature, and he is just the coolest, spunkiest guy. I loved watching him. He is so into boxing. And could you tell us a little bit about him? Because I think his story is really inspiring and a great example of the impact that Spectrum Bout made, can make on kids' lives. Yeah, so Joshua started with us about four years ago. We were at a gym in Brooklyn. It was just when we had started the program. Uh, I remember his very first day, he wanted nothing to do with the program. As per the usual, I totally get it. You're like, trust me, it will be good. Just try it. He maybe got like five minutes of work from him the first day that he came. It's okay. It's a process. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, it was frustrating for the parents. It was frustrating for him. At first, they were like, I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and I said, trust me, like, keep bringing him. Um, It's not going to happen right away. And I tell this to a lot of my students. You know, every time he would come, we would get a little bit more and a little bit more. he was very aggressive when he first came. I, if I didn't say his name correctly, he would yell at me. Um, wow. If someone looked at him in the wrong way, he, you know, would grab another student or just get very close to an instructor. Um, just showing these, you know, frustrated, aggressive tendencies. And sometimes that's the way of communicating for them. So I think maybe, I mean, and you probably know better, but maybe one of the things he was communicating there is, you know, he didn't want to 
try it. He'd want to be there because he was so frustrated. Or maybe he didn't understand. Yeah. And it's such little things. And we could think it's, you know, something that doesn't even matter. But to, our, to my students, it, it matters a lot. Yeah. You know, he was going through the program and, you know, did it happen in a week? No, but, you know, he was, he's been in the program for four years. He is my star student. I'm now running Zoom classes with him, and he's teaching me, which is wonderful. Wow. Wait. Okay. So because of COVID-19, you've had to shift to Zoom classes. So tell us a little bit about that experience. You know, I, as a business owner myself, I've seen a lot of changes that I've had to deal with. And um, I'd love to hear what you've gone through. So how are you adapting? Yeah, so it's definitely a struggle. Um, I know you've probably seen, if you follow the population of people with special needs, uh, especially now that kids are out of school, mm-hmm. it's, it's a challenge for children with special needs um, because they can't sit and attend to work from eight to two. It's also a challenge for the family members that live with them. As it is for anyone that lives with anyone right now, we're all stuck in the same place. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of offered this as perhaps a preschool, like before school um, opportunity or a break, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes to 30 minutes, depending on what the kids can handle. Um, And it's just kind of like a moment to get up, move our body, um, because our kids need that. Instead of just sitting there and doing work, they need to move. You know, maybe be silly for 20 minutes with me. I don't know. Maybe we get like two punches in, but at least we're moving. How do you do that with the Zoom? You just say like left arm, right arm. You do things like this. The kids that have been in the program are the ones that have been for for a bit, have been signing on to class and they know the names of the punches. So I'm able to say jab, cross, hook, and they're watching Uh, me, which is a lot of processing because I'm also backwards through the computer. Oh, right. And in that situation, do you adapt uh, you, like, do you say left when you're hitting right, or do you kind of just get them used to it? I'll switch hands. Okay. You would be surprised, actually. The program is just so cemented in them. They that know. They, they know. And now, um, going back to Joshua, because he knows the program so well, and it's such a part of his life, we're actually going to be offering him a potential job as a trainer. Does he know that yet? He does not. His mother does. So we're going to talk about it. <laughs> hopefully too. he doesn't. Hopefully you offer it before this interview comes out. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it's it's done a world of change for him. I, I mean, he is now walking around with his head held so high. He's not only offered now a job, well, he will be offered a job. He's been on yeah. national TV and pretty all- much he's a celebrity. Yeah. So, what so how's your what's your plan of expanding it's it, you're a teacher right now do you have other teachers and then you're going to have Joshua eventually which i think is a great example of success and also hopefully he can relate to your students in ways that maybe he, the teachers couldn't oh my gosh i mean he's my number one trainer i do have other trainers working for me but you, for children with autism to have another peer that's Mm -hmm. also on the spectrum is so much more relatable than an adult. Um, And I've had like very hard to work with children come to the program. And once Joshua steps in, it's like night and day with these students. Wow. So I wonder, um, does he have to tell them that he has autism or do they know or? You know, this is, I do have to say this about the population. I don't tell them and I don't know if they necessarily know, but I do have to say this. Mm -hmm. I have Joshua who has autism and I've worked with all different levels of 
on the spectrum. And one of the things that I love so much about people on the spectrum is they are very accepting of each other no matter what is going on. And that's something that I don't see in a general population. And with children with, or people with autism, um, just from my experience, I mean, I could have a kid fully melting down and screaming and the rest of the class is going about their way and And they're not really acknowledging it yeah or some is showing empathy and just like come on come with us and yeah they're able to relate to one another and I don't know if it's that they know each other has autism but they're just there's this piece that I don't see in a general ed um environment or uh that they can connect I think the biggest thing is just because we're autistic and would rather be alone or or we need breaks, we also want to be with people. We want to interact. We, a lot of us want to find love, want to find camaraderie, want to find a meaning. And it's such a disconnect because we want these things, but we're so confused by how to do it. Yeah. I think we can learn a lot from autistic people in so many levels, not just about communication, but empathy and understanding and being more open-minded. Correct. I mean, I think it's just a matter of how we see how we see the world and, and how we see others. Why did you first decide to become a teacher? Um, I went to school for teaching, and honestly, I kind of took special ed um, because I needed to make myself more marketable at the time. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of jobs. Um, true. And there, I, there's more need for special ed teachers. Yes. And at the time, I mean, there was a hiring freeze. So if you didn't have special ed, there was just no way. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I had no experience with people with special needs. Um, and if you ask my parents today, they will say that they are still surprised because they think that I have the least amount of patients, which is so funny because you need a lot of patients. I completely agree. It's just, it's just you have to work on the level of whatever the speed they want to work on. That's what speed you're going to go on. And you have to understand that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I found a job working with children with autism right out of college. And I never looked back. It was just something that I could understand them. And I really got it. And it really was such a nice challenge for me because it is a challenge. You could work on something as simple as come sit or come here for like three months. But then when you get it, it's so satisfying that moment. Yeah. And they're so proud of themselves. That's the best part. Of course. And I think one of the, the most amazing things about working with people with special needs is, is you're adding to someone's life. You're changing their life. Yeah. You know, being a personal trainer as well. That's, that's what I do. I want to, I want to improve on someone's life and, and help them. And I think that's beautiful. It's, it's very inspiring. Let's talk about how you actually launched this note, though, because this whole show is about entrepreneurship after all. So uh, the Spectrum Bout is a nonprofit. How do you start a nonprofit? Do you have to get funding? What was your process? It's a really good question because it was a process. Um, like I said, I was a teacher. I did not go to school for business. Right. And so that was a... Learning curve? <laughs> wow, yes, yeah, still doing <laughs> Um, um, I remember the very first day I was like, okay, is this going to be a business? I like bought how to run a business for dummies. (laughs) Don't we all, we all start there. We're like, how do you in Google and just fill in the blank over and over again? Yes. 
So that was interesting. But, um, you know, I met a lot of great people along the way that really believed in the idea. And, you know, from getting my first shot to being able to run it at Gleason's Gym in Brooklyn. Which is where a few very famous boxers started out. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I also am very curious how you had that connection because it's just wow. Yeah. Jake LaMotta. Um, Ali? Ali's been there. Um, Who's the guy that was in The Hangover? Mike Tyson. Was it there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Crazy. Every famous boxer has been in this gym. It's like one of the most renowned boxing gyms yeah. in all the world. And the owner of Gleason's is an amazing human. And I was just boxing. That's when I had started boxing and I went there. I was like, I got to go to the best Yeah. Place. Um, <laughs> For sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and I just started talking to the owner. He's super friendly. He's, you know, been there forever. Um, I feel like he believed in your idea. Yeah, he keeps his door open. He's very humble. Um, you know, I told him, because I will walk up to anyone. Um, <laughs> That's a very important skill to have, though, as an entrepreneur. The ability to have the courage to just try. Even if you fail, just keep trying, because eventually it works. And you're an example of that. Yeah, I mean, my friend told me I was crazy. I was like, I'm just going to tell him about it and see what he thinks. And he loved it. And he said, well, do it here. And I said, y'all. <laughs> and we did. And, you know, it was great. Uh, it is challenging for children with autism. It's loud there. There's, um, you know, it's, it's not your typical Equinox gym. It's a little gritty and it's, it's a boxing gym. But that's what makes it special, too. But I think for autistic kids, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the majority uh, don't like loud noises. It is good to learn how to deal with the noises, but it was very challenging. Um, and we are so grateful for that opportunity. Yeah. So did you have to move somewhere else? I had to move in order to um, give my students what they needed. And along the way, I was looking for lawyers and, a, and you know, starting a business. And money is always really tight. <laughs> Yeah, the important part, for sure, besides the idea, <laughs> making sure it's funded. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't have that. So I met a lawyer um, through a friend who really, really was touched by what the program was and what I was trying to accomplish. That's great. I decided that a nonprofit was the way I wanted to go initially for the message. We'll see what happens with Bow Down down the line. Um, You're doing so great. <laughs> You're doing all the steps a normal entrepreneur does. Half the time we don't know what's going on in the beginning and then you learn through experience and that's exactly what you did and now you're, you're running a successful business. Yeah, so you know we went through the process of making it a nonprofit and then you know a corporation and then decided that I want to go the nonprofit route mainly because of what the program was and you know what I wanted to be for the community and that was a process in itself so did you have to do any funding for the nonprofit what was the initial way that you kind of funded all of these things maybe some of it was from your savings yeah a lot of it was from my savings and thank god every day I have the most amazing family <laughs> who are very supportive they're my number one investors in um, bout fitness so um, I was very lucky they were able to help me help get you off your feet yeah we were able to fund the 501c3 and get that up and running and can you tell me about a 5013 i don't i'm not even sure what you just said because i don't run a nonprofit. yeah a 501c3 is your nonprofit status okay it gets you the tax exemptions you know it sounds all great and phenomenal and i'm still 
you know, learning about all of this, but, yeah. you know, coming with, when you do have 501c3 status, you do have tax exemptions. However, I need to have board meetings and all the money needs to be oh. allocated. Um, it needs to go back to the program. So to be a nonprofit, everything is allocated back to the program. So if I'm doing um, my website or I'm running classes or I'm doing lessons. The money needs to stay in the business. You can't pay outside of it. Right. So this might be a stupid question, but I have to ask because I'm curious and I'm sure there's people out there that are curious. Um, but since you can pay employees with this, obviously, um, but do you have taxes you have to pay or is there no taxes? There is taxes. Um, for instance, you know, a lot, all my trainers are independent contractors. So does that mean they can be covered within the business even though they're not full-time employees? Actually, as the business is right now, because we're still very small, they get that um, W-2. Gotcha. And then it's qualified as a nonprofit because it's still staying within the business. Exactly. And okay. for me to pay myself, which I haven't in five years. Wow. <laughs> that is dedication right there. That shows that your heart's in this. Yeah. And I think that will show that you're going to be long-term successful because anyone that dedicates that long. Yeah. You know, it's been such a long road and everyone asked me like, you haven't seen the dime in five years and you run every single class and are doing every single training. Um, it's not about that. Everything has been to give back to this community. That's why I initially started it. Yes, it's 100% great to have a successful business. And that's what, what I also want at the end of the day. But, um, you know, I started this business to give back to this population. And until I can get to that point where I start paying myself or like other board members for the work that they're doing. Um, you know, everyone's on board with just really getting this program to where it needs to be. And I know you asked me earlier, long term, we would love for this program to be in possibly right now we're at title boxing in Forest Hills, but I would love for the program to be in every title boxing and just be a therapy. Now that we are forced into Zoom, it also opens a whole world of, wow, I can reach a child in any country as long as they're awake when you are. <laughs> exactly. And so that's also another world that even though we're forced into this world, it's kind of brought to light. Other opportunities. Yeah. And I think you bring about a really good point there because uh, a lot of us entrepreneurs are seeing ways that we can make our business remote when maybe we didn't think that we could make it remote in the past. And in the long term, I think we will end up stronger for this because now we won't just have experiences in person, like you're boxing in person, but now you can do a Zoom call with someone in the UK or someone in Germany or someone in Australia if the timeline's up right, you know? Uh, there's unlimited possibilities. Right. So do you have a kind of timeline that is in your mind for kind of when you want to achieve these things and maybe when you want to start realistically making a profit? Because I know that in the long term, you do have to eventually make a profit. Otherwise, it'll be hard to continue the business. There's definitely um, a timeline. Uh, like I said, I've been at this for five years and I've also been doing it as a full-time teacher. So I basically have two full-time jobs. Um, there is going to be a point. So wait, you are a full-time teacher? I am. Oh, wait. Okay. That's interesting. What do you teach? Um, I teach children with special needs. Okay. Now I understand. So these are two jobs in one. Yes. 
How do you do that? I have no idea. What's your day like? You wake up at six, you go to school till three, then you go straight to the gym till like eight or something. And then I'm a personal trainer also on the side. I don't I don't know how all these things happen. It will work out just based on the fact that you can balance that. I mean, that's what I did when I started my business. I had a full-time job and I ran my business on the side and then eventually it shifts over and that is the most fulfilling thing. Yeah. So what's your plan? There does need to come a point where I do just do Bout full-time because Bout has gotten to a point and it will not go further unless I 100% put myself behind it. I also, you know, have taken Bout to where I could on my own. Um, and I, you know, have amazing support that's there to help me to push me on that business aspect that I was lacking. The next step is to really build out where it is right now. Um, once I'm able to get the kids back in, I would love to see right now we only have class one time a week, but I would love to every day um, and start taking data and building our curriculum, which is already in the process. And then once that's attainable, really presenting it to a grander scale, you know, not just where we are right now, but maybe more areas and then go from there. Have you considered going to people that could help fund this business? Uh, we spoke with a, a different nonprofit owner, our second episode of this show, and it is called Upsolve. And he went to get funding and that just skyrocketed his entire business model and it might be something that could be really helpful for you because I think your story is so inspiring and you've already been on the Today Show. Uh, did you see a big change when that happened? Yeah, a lot of opportunity is growing from there. Uh, unfortunately, it's during a time where we cannot be active in the gym. So how are you going to keep top of mind for people that were interested in becoming students but maybe can't right now. Yeah, like I said, we've offered to do online classes. However, a lot of these kids want to be in the gym with us. So our keeping them on our email chain, I send a lot of updates just to keep them engaged. And you know, we are going to be putting a lot of funding into marketing once we're able to get them back in. What type of marketing have you done at this point? Have you used social media? What tactics do you use? Yeah, so social media and also, like I said, I will talk to anyone and I don't know where the time comes from, but I find it. I go to schools of children with autism. I reach out to previous um, people that I work with. I reach out to organizations. I literally spent a whole day just emailing organizations, doctors, schools of people that work with children with autism. The hustle is real. This is literally the School of Hustle 101 right here, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I walked around with flyers one day just around the area and just handed it out. Oh my gosh, amazing. That is exactly what we like to hear on the School of Hustle. So way to hustle, girl, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> so Allison, we're learning so much from you. Is there anything else you'd like to share about people with autism? You have to act very differently with someone with autism. You have to be really patient. You have to be really empathetic. We may come across offensive or we may come across too cold and rude sometimes, but really we're also really passionate. We're really intelligent. We have unwavering loyalty to our friends and the people that we admire, we do so with almost like a childlike wonder. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing, Allison. Is there anything else that we should know about autism from your perspective as a doctor before we head out? People need to be aware of neuropsychologists, that they do assessments, 
if you feel that your children may be on the spectrum, find a neuropsychologist in your area to assess your children. I think having that diagnosis isn't necessarily like um, damaging. I think people sometimes think that the diagnosis in and of itself is a bad thing. Once the diagnosis is put forward, then, you know, treatment can begin. Well, you have a very good point. I think if anyone listening, if there's someone that you know, or maybe your child that could potentially have it, there's no fear in just getting tested to see, um, because then you can start taking the steps to actually find solutions. Right. So Jessica. Yes. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to entrepreneurs that are interested in starting up a business? It doesn't have to be a business like yours, but any business. Yeah, I mean, the one piece of advice I would give, if it's something that you're passionate about and that you can 100% see yourself waking up and being excited and knowing no matter what anyone told you that this is something that you want to do and something that deserves to be brought to life. Yeah. To just go against everything and anything that's telling you not to do it and just stay behind it. And there are going to be days where you completely doubt yourself. Um, but those little moments that you see why you knew that this was something you had to do um, is, is all worth it and to just keep going. <laughs> and I can certainly attest to what you're saying. That is exactly what it's like to start a business. But you're a great example of how some great idea can turn into something so inspirational and beneficial to many people. It's been amazing having you on the show, Jessica. And thanks to Dr. Powell and Allison as well. And thank you for everyone who has tuned in today. This edition of School of Hustle. Keep up with our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review. It really helps us. Share with your friends, and we'll see you next time. Bye.